When you're getting back into your busy fall routine but still want to make every breakfast count, try Blue Apron's new ready-to-cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients ready in minutes. With 60-plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high-quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW-recommended, and health-conscious offerings. Get a $100 gift card, plus enjoy $130 off across your first six orders when you place an order by September 23rd. Visit blueapron.com unique2022. grab a cuppa this is a bonus episode so i'm having a chat with joe joe is a mother of three and two of her children have autism so we are talking about life as a mum and carer for her children and also how they've coped during lockdown and also how to cope when they're having a meltdown and many many more these things are always nice to uh, talk about so we can get other people's perspective i have found that i have quite a lot in common with joe and also we like the same silent music as well which is a bonus so this is grab a cuppa with joe joe nice to meet you Nice to meet you too. How are you getting on? What's been happening in your life lately? What's going on? Um, it's just been the chaos of uh, getting back to school after six months of the kids being off and and, uh, and everything that's came along with that. So it's been quite a hectic, hectic yeah. week, but we've got there. Yeah, I, I can relate. <laughs> I can relate because... Um, <laughs> I have I have two kids. My daughter's uh, she's eight and she goes to mainstream school. My son's six and he goes to specialist school. They're both on the autistic spectrum, but my daughter is on the um, that used to call it Asperger's and now is high functioning. Uh, and my son yeah. is severely autistic, uh, where he um, is nonverbal with complex needs. They are in you know different different types of schools so getting them ready to going back you know going back to school after so long at home was a task in itself how was how was that like for you and you said you you've got uh children what are their age i've got a 23 year old and he's got Asperger's um, mm-hmm. and he's left home over the holidays as well so that's been that's been another um, experience in itself. Wow. Um, I've got a 16 year old daughter who doesn't have any kind of additional needs and my son is 14 and he's just gone back to school yesterday and he has Asperger's as well. Asperger's as well. How was lockdown mm-hmm. for you guys? It was fine, actually. It was really surprising because I was really concerned about how he was going to cope with all the routine being gone and everything. And he doesn't like doing homework and he's in a mainstream school. It was quite taxing at the the beginning to figure out how it was going to work. But actually, he was much better and actually bloomed, for want of a better word, 
not being in the school environment. He yeah. took over his own independent study and everything. That is really good though. Did you did you mm. attempt to homeschool? Because he's in secondary, yeah. um, they were providing online of course. work anyway. And I didn't know whether it was going to be a real challenge to get him to do it because he really has that separation of, of home and school. But once he um, once it started, he would get up on a morning, straight on his laptop, do his work, come and tell me he was finished. Yeah. And then just get on with his day. And it was quite a, quite a shock to, to me and his teachers and his support staff that this, oh, had, wow. that this had happened at all. Yeah, so... He's even though his routine has changed, he's mm-hmm. he felt comfortable enough to make his own routine and make changes to his own routine. Yeah, and I think on on the more kind of sad side of it, it was really aware of how much he was struggling with the sensory issues in school because he was getting his work done so quick. And when I was communicating with the school, they were telling me, yeah, he was getting all his work done. Um, so it was talking to him over that time and him saying, well, I didn't have to wait for all the noise of the children to calm down in class so I could concentrate. I didn't have the rush in the corridors and getting stressed with the noise and the busyness and being around so many people. So actually he's, he's enjoyed doing his work and putting more into it, being taken out of those surroundings so yeah, that's really interesting because uh, yeah. really with us it was well obviously as you know for your own experience change of routine in a child's life can be uh, very detrimental to their mental health but yeah yeah also I was really impressed with my kids because they dealt with it so yeah so well you know, they exceeded my expectations. And I was just like, oh, okay. I didn't, um, we decided not to homeschool because my daughter, she is um, above, above her age group academically, you know? So, and my son, he, even though he's six, he has the mentality of a one-year-old. So Mm -hmm. we just, I don't know, changed the routine, obviously with him not being able to go to school but he was just doing different stuff at home a lot of people a lot of parents have said oh my god lockdown's been horrible because obviously having the you know having the children uh with them all the time but i guess it is it depends on the situation that what i've seen is that people that have a um let's say a nine-to-five job yeah, and they drop yeah. the kids at school and then go to work and then go get the kids from school and then cook, you know, cook tea, whatever, bath, bedtime, and that's their routine. Whereas, like, for me, anyway, my job, well, I don't like using that word job because being a mum is not a job, but I am a carer for my son. So I don't yeah. have your nine-to-five or job to go to so this is my life 24 7 so for me yeah same here yeah yeah, can you relate (laughs) yeah because I mean I used to work in a school and it got to the point where my mental health was suffering trying to balance the work and home and because there was so many appointments either 
at the paediatricians or in school for the kids that it just got to a point where I couldn't do it and had to kind of make a priority call of going, right, any career stuff of mine has to go to one side and I have to just deal with this, which is where we've been for a couple of years now. And it's definitely, but you're right, being, I think we are very, um, it's very easy to say we don't have a job. And then you list all the things we do in the house and go, and, and the caring we do for our children and go, actually, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is quite a job because you don't go home. You don't clock out at the end of you the day. You don't clock out. It's not like, oh, five o'clock's here. I'm st- I've stopped being, mom, being a mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or parent, carer, whatever. It's just, you don't, yeah, you, you just, it's 24-7. It's not. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, one of the things that I really dislike is when people say like, oh, being a full-time parent is not a job. It's like, well, it's not a job the sense of what a job is within society but it is like it's more than it's more than a job like yeah it's something that we decided to become parents fair enough but to be fair like when i found out that i was having um you know a baby i never thought there would be this way no it's gonna be as hard as hard it has been but then again it's like i guess if you if you were to to think about stuff like that and overthink it i don't think i probably would i'd be too scared to have children just in case something was to go wrong yeah and i think it's especially with my eldest um having asperger's anyway Mm. this is my normal parenting it's not (laughs) it's not like i'll I'll say things that are going on and people will go that's a lot and you kind of go well that's what i do that's not it's always been the same you've known no different you know it's Mm -hmm. it's not like oh my uh, my child was was fine and then at the age of five got autism it's it's just it doesn't happen like that you know Mm -hmm. um it just doesn't happen it's something that uh, they are you know they are born with and then um you start noticing the signs as they grow older you've known no different it's that's why nope. people, yeah, people say like, oh my God, like I, I don't know how you can cope. Well, I have to cope. We have to cope because yeah. if we don't cope, how are our children going to get the things that they need to cope in this life, to, to deal with everything, you know, that, that life throws mm-hmm. at them? It's, it's bloody yeah. hard work, and I think isn't it? <laughs> it is. And I think one of the things that's always... Um, kind of got to me is at the two points in different points where my boys got their diagnosis you would get people saying sorry and I'd be like what, what, what are you sorry for they're still the same child as before they had a label I'm not sorry about this but it seems to be a really standard reply that people kind of just want to go or oh, you know say like oh he's just got a, an autism diagnosis so we know officially now and they'll go oh, I'm really sorry about that and I understand it's it's people's polite reaction yeah <laughs> but you do kind of get that well it's my child and he's still who he is it makes no difference it the only thing it changes is that I can now access more support that's that's the only difference that's there yeah absolutely and but the thing is it's like it's as a parent it's very difficult that you have to um, have 
you have to have a label to get the help you need and yes yeah absolutely but the thing is it's like i find really especially let me just back up a little bit especially with the current situation it's very very when you're getting back into your busy fall routine but still want to make every breakfast count try blue aprons new ready to cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients ready in minutes with 60 plus options each week you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high quality meat fish vegetarian ww recommended and health conscious offerings get a 100 gift card plus enjoy 130 off across your first six orders when you place an order by september 23rd visit blueapron.com unique 2022 hard to get uh children to have an appointment with um you know someone who specializes with autism uh, I don't know if you deal with cams. Uh, yes, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. or MindMates, any of those uh, organizations that deal with uh, assessments and that sort of thing, um, there is like, there's a waiting list of years. Um, oh, yeah. And it's very difficult. So I, gosh, my son was diagnosed when he was, uh about 18 months two years old maybe but because it was obvious yeah. it was yeah, obvious that you so behind challenges. yeah but my my daughter she's still she's still waiting for an official um diagnosis however she's been under the care of a uh, educational psychologist so they are like yes yes mm-hmm. for sure we yeah. just have to wait to get the paper saying you know this is what's happening but yeah we, I think uh, we, we went through a, a thing where my and I know that this is a common theme for for children who are high functioning is that it doesn't get spotted as quickly until the socialization falls out of sync with that with their peers um and with my eldest it actually took him moving to a different school because the issues he was having were being described as naughty and all I could think of was this doesn't tally with who my child is and we moved and he went to a new again another mainstream school and within a week his teacher took us to one side and said has anyone ever mentioned Asperger's to you before and I said no because I think even at that point because like I say he's 23 now it's a, it's a lot more known of, of about it wasn't about then there was the and there still is to a certain extent that that rain man kind of stereotype when people say autism but it's a lot more clued up now than it, than it used to be mm-hmm. but she spent one week with him and noticed the if eye contact we withdraw if it was too noisy and all those things because she was seeing it with fresh eyes and had experienced it and it was only when I got home and kind of Googled it and I could have just really picked off this list of going, have they just made this for my son? Is this, <laughs> they're just describing him and it all became clear. And then we had to make the, as, as you'll be aware, because you're in it now, that very long process yeah. that there seems to be for the high functioning side of it. Yeah, um, yeah, so, absolutely. <laughs> you couldn't realize that you didn't see it but because like I said because it was my eldest I didn't know any different that's just what he what he did um but obviously with my youngest we were able to spot those signs earlier of going 
hang on a minute. I think I've uh, I think I've seen this. I've seen this before. <laughs> and the schools were aware of the history and things, so they he got picked up. And even though they didn't have the what the label then from from cams because they'd kind of spotted the signs themselves they put the support he needed in before then and just kind of said well we'll just assume that this is what's going to happen because i think it is just a form formality at this point yeah um but yeah i think it, i think they were both around eight before they got their their formal diagnosis which seems to be fairly fairly normal for yeah yeah how how did it feel like how did it feel like because for me when my son got the diagnosis i was like i knew it you know i knew it and it was Mm -hmm. just like thank god someone's listening to me (laughs) yeah i didn't know anything about autism before until everything like with my son and I started researching it and then the doctors and at nursery they were saying definitely is autism because we've seen it before and all this stuff and then when yeah. he got his diagnosis I think for me it was just like a weight off my shoulders yeah I think it was I, I had I definitely had the relief of it but I also um I had a good cry with both of them when I got the diagnosis, but whether that was the relief of, of finally getting to that, what felt like the end of the process, but then you go into the fighting for all the support, the need, and that's an entirely different different affair. Um, but I think there is, there's very mixed emotions when you finally get that, uh, the, the, the diagnosis. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and it's like, uh for me yeah it was a relief and it was like finally you know like i know exactly what's going on with my son and then i can go to the right people ask for help you know rather than trying Mm. to wonder who can help me and then think that no one can help me and be on that i don't know desperate state almost but i guess yeah it's just so it's so difficult but then at the same time is knowing that your kids are, yes, they were special to you, but they, they are just that extra special, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely it does. Um, I think the only thing you're not prepared for, which I was with my second, but I wasn't with my first, was the battle you then have to get the support that, that they need and I, I know a lot of, of parents of, of children who've got high functioning autism and it's very much the same that you've got to argue and you've got to have reams of research and things and appeal and it just feels like it's constantly uphill just to get the things that your child needs and it's I think that's actually that's the most wearing part the the looking after the your kids is not the hard part it's it's the fighting for stuff that that grinds you down i gosh i can relate i mean even when even though my son is a you know severely autistic and you can tell you know it's not like mm-hmm. um like my daughter with um with girls girls tend to mask very well 
and so yeah. with them masking it's it's harder to obviously i know i know my daughter i know what she's like i know when she's being mm-hmm. uh, naughty or she's you know trying to <laughs> press your buttons yeah or and, and i know yes. when it's the uh-huh. the autistic side of her i know when Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can identify. Whereas someone that does not does not know her at all, they when she's having a, a meltdown, they will sort of like mistake that for a tantrum. And tantrums and meltdowns are completely different. You know, meltdown is something that you cannot help. They are, yeah, yeah. And the tantrum is, you know, exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing, and you're trying to get your own way. Yeah, you it's, it, it's, it's your system being overloaded. Yeah, it's it's the overload that gets them with with the meltdowns rather than a a, a stampy foot tantrum. And and I totally agree with what you said before. I've had that with with both of my sons, and I've had the conversations with them and with the school of saying, by the way, I'll fight for you if you're having problems at school and it's to do with your autism. But I absolutely know when it's you being a little shit. Yeah, uh, I know you when know, you're being like, a little like you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, don't don't try and use this as an excuse because I absolutely know. <laughs> yeah, you can I tell think as that's a parent, a... you can tell. You just can you can tell when mm-hmm. you know, when uh, it's a tantrum or a meltdown. It's just because they they change completely. <laughs> it's like yeah. night and day I mean, times. Yeah, because my eldest, when he had a meltdown, I mean, it used to be, it used to be horrendous because he would he would throw things. I mean, there was one occasion where he was he had a top bunk in his bedroom, and I had one of the later edition Harry Potter hardback books oh. hurled at my head and had to, had to duck out of the way. Um, and then, I mean, luckily it's so far away that I can just look back on it and kind of laugh because it's just it's life. It what happened. But those times when I did have to kind of restrain him to, to just keep yeah. him calm yeah. and, and stop him trying to leave the house or flip out. Whereas on the other hand, my youngest, he just gets really distressed. He breaks down and howls and cries and is just inconsolable. So we have very different, very different reactions to really the same the same situation and it's explaining that to people as well going they're very different but they're the same because I'm not the same as you so this autistic child isn't the same as the next autistic child oh yeah I came across that a few times where my eldest had a teacher at school and she just said well my nephew's got Asperger's and he doesn't do that Uh, and I was just I if I had the penny for every time I heard that one if I have the penny. Yeah. yeah. You just like come and spend the day in my house with when the two of them are here and and see if you can uh, notice that, you know, they have different personalities. They have different sensory issues. My just eldest like any really normal, wants to be just like any everyone. Yeah, absolutely just like any neurotypical child. Every child is different, mm-hmm. autistic or not. It's you can't just mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, oh, my child doesn't do that. Well, your child's not my child. So, mm-hmm. 
there's no point in com- there's no comparison it's like people just like to compare like oh you know my child's a little angel like well fine whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i had um my eldest uh, really struggled with um with socialization and that he really wanted to be friends with everyone he really trusted everyone um he didn't want to be different he was very aware he was different from everyone and desperately didn't want to be um but it meant he got taken advantage when you're getting back into your busy fall routine but still want to make every breakfast count try blue aprons new ready to cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients ready in minutes with 60 plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high-quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW recommended, and health-conscious offerings. Get a $100 gift card plus enjoy $130 off across your first 6 orders when you place an order by September 23rd. Visit blueapron.com/unique2022. When Big Mobile charges you an arm and a leg, they're taking your money and your power and your arm and leg. Boost Mobile gives your power back with an unlimited plan for $25 a month on one of America's largest 5G networks. We can't give you back your arm and your leg because we're not qualified surgeons. Unless you're an iguana who can grow limbs back. Switch to Boost and get an unlimited plan for $25 a month. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. New customers only. One line, $25 per month with auto pay. Additional restrictions apply. See BoostMobile.com for details. Advantage of quite a lot because obviously the other children were a lot more savvy. Than, than he was so that was that was quite a challenging situation whereas my youngest when he got his diagnosis he was just like ah right okay this is fine but he was also he sees himself as everyone else's strange that everyone else is different he's not the one that's different it's everyone else who's different so he has a really more calm and placid um personality and approach with because he's not constantly battling the issues he has he'll he'll get he'll take help from the staff if he can and he'll talk to people about it whereas like I say my eldest was very much in denial and still is um like sometimes he'll say he'll have problems with something and I'll just raise an eyebrow and he'll just go no ma'am don't <laughs> so, I'm not saying anything it's fine I'm not but you know um but my, my my youngest is very much, yeah, he's, he, if people are friends with him, they're friends with him. If they're not, they're not, it, it doesn't, it doesn't bother him in the slightest. So it's those very different ways that they deal with their own, their own issues. Yeah, it's, they're very different, aren't they? Because uh, mm-hmm. there might be some issues that you, you've had to deal with one and then not had to deal with the other perhaps mm-hmm. and yeah yeah and i think this the, yeah, the similar thing to what you were talking about um with your daughter is getting them both of them this it was the same was the support because they could mask so well mm-hmm. because with, with my eldest if he'd had a good day at school i knew i was going to get hell at home and if he was calm at home i knew we'd caused chaos at school because he was he was going to be at the mask or not mask um and luckily i was happier for him to be hell at home and for me to cope with it than yeah. him to cause all those problems in in school um so there's yeah the, the masking thing if people don't really know enough about asperger's and autism it's very easy for them to just think well they don't need much help 
um, they don't, they're managing, they're okay, they're not having a problem because it's not as on the surface, it's not as visible all of the time. So I think that's, yeah, getting the education out there to other people is, oh, is massive. I would never want to think, I would never want them. I mean, I think my son said, if someone gave you a million pound, would you take my autism away if you could? And I said, no, because it's who you are. And I think it's that very famous phrase of, I wouldn't, ch I, I wouldn't change you for the world. Uh, for the world but I would change the world for you and that's very much my feeling on it is I want people to understand the difficulties they have and to accept it rather than them having to adjust too much to the world around them and, and struggle mentally because of that. I think that the, the world needs to just around them not the other way around because these like yeah. yeah because it's like especially we are in year well in <laughs> year 2020 it's you know it's very different yeah. now okay it's very different mm -hmm. like like it was when you know back in the 80s when i was a kid and so mm -hmm. it's just yeah very different whereas like I um I'm personally I'm going through the uh, autism assessment as well. Uh, I always knew that I was okay. different um because mm -hmm. all my uh, like my daughter the way she is is exactly the way I was as a kid. So yeah. exactly honestly she's like mini me through and through mm -hmm. crazy. Um the yeah. anxiety is the same um like I didn't know I, for years and years and years, I thought I had a nervous tick. So when I'm when I'm okay. excited, yeah, when I'm excited, I uh, do like this quite a lot, or bite my fingers or whatever. I came to find out that it was stimming. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know yeah. what that was, and until my my son um, is uh, he's got his own way, you know, he he sways side to side, mm -hmm. or he. he you know, doing the same motion over and over again because you either overwhelmed mm -hmm. or and I didn't know that I had that. And my daughter, she does the same with her hands. Mm -hmm. But but her main one is flapping. She does that quite a lot with her hands. Yeah. When she's happy when whatever, you know, and I was just like I'm talk I'm looking at my daughter and I'm like oh my god like I was exactly like that mm -hmm. but my mum when when I had meltdowns it was like I was always perceived as a naughty child you know I was always yeah. like oh you just you just naughty like stop doing that and I'll get in mm -hmm. trouble quite a lot and it's so, quite common for girls on yes. the autistic spectrum I think it's not because it's such it's always described as kind of extreme male behavior girls reacting like that isn't seen as sympathetically I think it's a lot better now than it was I think it's identified a lot more now than it was but it certainly was I think picked up more as being naughty in girls than it was with boys you're just playing up you know you're just like oh you're just playing up you're doing this you're doing that you're doing the other and mm -hmm. obviously I honestly thought that I was just a naughty child because obviously you get mm -hmm. you get told this over and over again and you just start to believe it don't you and you know when you oh, say yeah. with your son being taken advantage of 
uh, and I was taking adv- advantage of you know growing up when I was a, especially when I was a teenager because I was I'd like to think that I was very naive but it was more of I didn't really understand what was happening around me and also it was I wanted to be like my friends why am I different than my friends well friends these people yeah. that I thought were friends and then mm-hmm. I it was more like oh these people are like taking advantage of me as in like they uh I don't know it's like oh I don't have any money can you give me your money I'd be like oh I have my money you're asking me for my money so I'll give you my money because I felt yeah. bad them not having money any other person would be mm-hmm. like oh, no I don't have any money to give you you know but I was mm-hmm. just like my friend is asking me for money I'm going to give him the little yeah. bit that I have so he was taking advantage in that you know that way as well so yeah and it's, it's not being able to judge the situation exactly as well as as well as you could yeah you know, I didn't know, but th- these are the things that I am scared that my daughter has to go through mm-hmm. or anything like that. I try to teach her as mm-hmm. much as I, you know, as much as we can, me and my husband, as much as we can. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. my son is a little bit different because he he doesn't really have friends you know, because yeah. he doesn't speak or anything like that. He doesn't really understand the concept of friends. Yeah. So he's, he's just like, yeah, he's like a little baby almost, you know, but he's a big baby. <laughs> yeah. So he's very different. So I'm, you know, I mm. am concerned that stuff like that's going to happen with my eldest, you know? Yeah. And... I think it's trying to, it's trying to instill the, the coping strategies at, at this point, I think the younger they do get a diagnosis and the earlier that it's picked up. Um, I know certainly it was, it was interesting with my, my eldest because from him being really small, I remember saying things like, look at my face. See how unhappy I am. See how cross I am. Look, mum's happy, look. And I, he didn't have, we didn't have a clue then. And when I spoke to the paediatrician while we were going through the diagnosis process, she actually said, she goes, you'd be surprised how many mothers on some level have spotted that their children aren't interpreting kind of the, those kind of signs and facial signs and things like that and do do the things that I'd been doing. Because it was especially as he was going through that process, I'd already had my daughter and I realised I didn't do it for her. It wasn't a natural thing to do that to her. Um, and for her so I think you do find that you are putting strategies in place that you are not you're not consciously aware that you're doing it until you read stuff and it'll say this is what you need to do when you go oh I think I've already been I've already kind of been doing that anyway I just need to step it up a little bit um but yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it is. It's, 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 you want them to be out there in the real world. You want them to be around everyone. You can't insulate them um, from everything, but you've got to try and put the things in place to keep them safe and, and for them not to be taken, taken for a ride oh, <laughs> by God, people absolutely. who don't have the best intention. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's, it is my biggest fear, you know, especially with me having a girl. 
you know mm-hmm. and I think yeah it's, it's always been my biggest fear because obviously like I you know I went through a lot and I just tried to protect her from that but obviously mm-hmm. at the same time I want her to make you know a wrong mistakes and live from them because you can't baby them for the rest of their lives autism oh, no. or no autism mm-hmm. um because yeah life's difficult man <laughs> life's difficult and <laughs> they will they will learn that <laughs> and we can't just keep them like you know just uh, locked <laughs> in our arms yeah. for, the, for the rest of their lives yeah even though even though it's very tempting at times <laughs> And it's like, I mean, you're probably the same, like, like after after six months, especially when he went out that front door to his taxi yesterday morning, there was that kind of, oh, he's happy and he's cheerful and he's going and he's got up and got himself dressed and every everything on the surface is fine. Part of you still kind of, I don't want him to be upset. What if he gets stressed? I could just keep him here while he was here and doing his work. It was, and you can understand why so many people do homeschool. That letting go bit. <laughs> Not for me. No, no, no. I, I don't have the patience. <laughs> no. I'm at the point now where sometimes they bring homework home, and I just think, well, I can't help you with this, so I can't teach you at home because you're already way ahead of where I am. You have to know your own limitations. Don't you feel a little bit like, oh my God, they're doing this at school? What's this? <laughs> I never yeah. heard of it before. I can't help you because I don't even know what it is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I definitely find that one. Yeah. That you just look at it and go, well, I didn't even know that was a thing. So I'm just. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, think, I think you're going to have to get your teacher and get extra help from them because. I am not going to be any help whatsoever. And I'm just going to go upstairs and cry for a moment that I, that I don't understand your age work. So I'm going to have to go. I feel bad. You know, I feel bad because it's like, I think, oh, you know, I'm, um, I'm their parent. So I'm supposed to be teaching this and that and the other. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I don't... I know like random facts, uh, you know, stupid yeah. facts or whatever. I can teach you those, mm-hmm. but <laughs> maths yeah. or geology, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> I can't teach you any of that stuff. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I know I'm better with the, with the history side, history and things I can help them with. The math side of it, no chance, not, not in a million years. That is, that is not where I'm at. And I look at what they're doing now and go, I wasn't even doing that at GCSE level. I don't. That just goes like over my head like nope don't know yeah. don't know what you're doing or you, or you do go to help them and and you'll go well you need to do like i mean i remember when they were doing long division and stuff in primary and you'd go right you do this and they'll go well that's not how the teachers showed us and you're like oh God. well i don't know how they've changed doing this since i was at school i now cannot help you i know how to do it but apparently i know how to do it the wrong way yes. even though you would get the same answer but <laughs> But then it's like, why? Why are they changing math? Like, why? Like, why are they changing math? It's like, <laughs> it's just for the sake of it. God. Yeah, and I mean, I used to, I used to work as a teaching assistant in a school, like I said before, and there would be times when the way we were teaching kids would be 
a totally different style in maths to the way my children were in their primary school. So you'd get completely confused by what you were teaching children at school at work and then what you were having to, your children were bringing home. And I'm just getting completely confused here, even though, like I said, you're going to have the same right answer at the end of it. That's I don't know what the... I don't. I just said. I just said to my daughter, just use the calculator. I just tell her, use the calculator, yeah. because I just can't. Yeah. I was like, oh, if I said to her, oh, you know, we do this and that, and then she goes, but that's not the right way to do it. And I'm just like, well, we asked for help. Yeah. Well, it's that cliche thing at the minute, isn't it? That we were all at school years ago, and you would get the teachers saying, well, you'll not have a calculator with you all the time. And now they're really strict on not letting them have calculators. And you're like, everyone's got one in their pocket on their phone. Why are we teaching? Unless they're going to go on and do some sort of, you know, STEM physics kind of stuff when they leave school. This is really pointless. (laughs) And not teaching them any practical stuff. I I just think that nowadays it's like um, the educational system, you know, the whole like the the stuff that they learn at school and a Mm. lot of kids struggle okay like a lot of kids especially kids who have um you know additional needs and are on mainstream education i find that they Mm. struggle a lot and um basically some kids are treated unfairly as in like oh you know if you don't do your you don't do your work you're gonna get uh, either in, I don't know, isolation or going yeah. home or whatever, some kind of punishment. Mm. But mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, like kids, especially kids with additional needs, they will feel um, somewhat embarrassed that they can't do the same work that their peers do. So they yeah, because I used to work with the I used to work with those children. I used to work with the children with the lower abilities. Mm-hmm. and the additional needs and take them out for extra extra work and it was it was just being more patient taking your time trying to find different ways to explain it so at the end they realized they could do it yeah. and a lot of it's confidence as well because like you said about being described as being naughty at school if they're constantly aware that they're they're on the bottom table and that they can't do it that does become a self-fulfilling prophecy because they just look at stuff and go, well, I can't do that. And I would hear that a lot, you know, kind of, I can't do that. And then just step back and they wouldn't access it at all. And it's also finding out what the actual issue is because using an example of my, my eldest, when he was doing year six sats and he got, he got all the extra help. He had extra time. He got the space on his own and I went to collect him and his teaching assistant came out and she just said, he's not done anything. He's just looked at the paper. He's not wrote anything down. Mm. I don't understand what was wrong. So I took him out, took him home. We were walking home and um, always the best chats were the chats on the way home where there was no distractions. And I just said to him, you know, what what was the problem? You're good at English. You manage. And he said, ma'am, the question was describe a mystery object and I said well that's that's fine you read books all of the time you're always reading fantasy books and and things like that and he just said but mum once I'd thought of it it wasn't a mystery anymore uh, and I use that often as 
yeah, is an example to people of how that kind of rigid thought pattern works. And all I could think of was, oh my God, you've sat there for 45 minutes, constantly thinking of something new. And then another part of your brains went, oh, it's not a mystery anymore. I best think of something else. So he realised that entire 45 minutes was actually far more stressful for him. He, he hadn't kind of tapped out of it. He hadn't decided he wasn't going to engage in it. Actually, he'd engaged in it more than anyone had realised. And when I went back into school and, and told them, and I've spoke to CAMS and specialist teachers and used, and used the same story, and quite a lot of them have said, we're going to go and tell other teachers that because that is such a good example of how how that kind of brain works with it so that that's the kind of thing you find quite a lot that their problems not with what the question is or being able to to get to the answer it's how the question's been framed in the first place because i i was just thinking mm-hmm. to myself like my daughter will be like she would be like oh, what well, mm-hmm. She would have answered the same thing, like, there's not mystery mm-hmm. anymore. But the way my mm-hmm. doctor would probably react, she would get frustrated with it. And mm-hmm. she'd be to mm-hmm. the point of having a meltdown because it's like, you're asking me, you know, a stupid question. <laughs> what do mm-hmm. I do? Like, yeah, because she takes things so literal. Uh, actually, I'm going to give you an example. We were saying, we were talking about rain, how it was raining and stuff. And you know the saying, it's raining, um, was it, it's raining cats and dogs. cats and dogs. Yeah. She, she goes like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Cats and dogs don't, don't come from the sky. Are you mad? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, not literal. <laughs> not literally. Uh-huh. And it is, it, all, it is all those kind of sayings like that when, when I used to be with children Again, like you say, who, who were really young and they hear someone say something, right? Well, you'll need to pull your socks up. And you could see them look down at their feet and kind of be like, well, my socks are up. I don't. And you have to go, right, well, hang on. That's, that's not actually what <laughs> that's not what that means. That means. I think I got used to just not using stuff like that because I knew what they understood. But again, it's going back to that masking thing. If they don't want anyone to see that they're not understanding it it can look like they're being naughty and ignoring something, whereas yes. they just don't want to be in class and go, what? And they do they learn that lesson of just going, well, I don't understand what they're saying, so I'm just going to disengage from the situation but also, completely rather than sound stupid. Yeah, I get that. But also is the, um, I was thinking about mm-hmm. uh, processing disorder, so I was thinking mm-hmm. about, yeah, yeah. So for me, anyway, when people say something and I have to mm-hmm. think about what they mean by it. So I'm processing yeah. it, okay? So it's not just mm-hmm. the pro- process as in like when, uh, you know, when you're touching something or when you're eating something or it's not just that. It's just process the speech. You know, when the people mm-hmm. are talking, you're just sort of like, okay, I know what you're saying now. But to mm-hmm. some kids, yeah, like my daughter, she's just like, has to think what I'm saying and then she's like and like did you hear what I said and she's like oh yeah 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 so and then she has to think of an answer so she might just be a bit like hang on you know we call it buffering you know when we have to buffer so we just, oh, yeah. it's just <laughs> thinking you know it's just processing everything that's uh, processing the environment as well you know and it's just yeah like, that's, an, that's an excellent term for it I think I think other 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 people would understand it a lot more actually if, if it was kind of more 
described like that of going just give someone a chance to buffer for a moment and then they'll be and then they'll be with you that's it because you, th- you think about it like you know your computer is like a uh, it's like a brain isn't it if you put two mm. um if you just like click so many windows at the same time and you're multitasking like crazy it's gonna struggle mm. so it's gonna have to yeah. take a little bit of time to process stuff and then you know come back to it as and when so it's mm-hmm. yeah so i guess we call it buffering because it's just like that's what it is you're just thinking mm-hmm. it's not just thinking about what it's been said it's processing everything that's been said so mm-hmm. i find yeah so yeah. obviously i know that she's not being she's not being rude she's not ignoring me mm-hmm. i know when she's ignoring yeah. me though i know when you know when she's ignoring yes. me. she'll look at me you know she'll look and be like yeah. Like, and I'm like, selective me. hearing, <laughs> yeah, selective hearing, of course. I'm glad that yeah. someone else knows selective hearing too. Um, yeah, when you're getting back into your busy fall routine but still want to make every breakfast count, try Blue Apron's new ready to cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients ready in minutes. With 60 plus options each week, you can choose from an ever changing mix of high quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW recommended, and health conscious offerings. Get a $100 gift card, plus, enjoy $130 off across your first six orders when you place an order by September 23rd. Visit blueapron.com slash unique 2022. I'm getting complaints that someone on the team smells really bad every day. How do I address that? Talk to Bambi. So one of our employees just reported sexual harassment, and I don't even have a policy on how to deal with this. What do I do? Talk to Bambi. One of our people never shows up when they're supposed to. What are my options? Talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. HR managers can easily cost $80,000 a year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Start your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com slash assistant right now. Spelled BAMBEE.com slash assistant. So, yeah, and so obviously as a parent, you know when, again, you know, when they are, when it's an autistic thing or when it's just Mm -hmm. a child being a child. Yeah, it is. And if like, when you go back to the operating system, it is one of those things where that has kind of came out in the last couple of years, that description of it, it's not something that's wrong with them. It's that, you know, where we're on Mac and they're on Windows or they're on Unix or something like that. It is. And like I say, it's that processing thing. It's It's what they process faster than what we process and what they'll get quicker than than we'll get. It's it, It's just... You know, it's the same but different. Oh, I think yeah, is absolutely, absolutely. It's yeah, I think it's a great analogy there. To be fair, um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's telling them that there's nothing wrong with them. No, I think it's is the biggest thing of you know, you know. I think sometimes I think my eldest when we were going through it, actually, he came out with something and said, you know, am I sick? And I was like, no, you're not, poorly. And I actually because I have bipolar and I have to have medication. Mm-hmm. I always describe it to them as user on different operating systems mm-hmm. that's it that's the difference I was like my brain kind of has a virus I was like so I have to I have to look after mine I was like mine is kind of an illness I know mental health look is looked at differently now 
but I'm kind of I'm totally secure in talking about it and I'm totally happy with my batshit status for myself I don't I don't care but it was that kind of thing of going I have to have medication so mine's more classed as an illness you just have like you say a different way of processing things and that's and I think that's the thing this there it's getting away from them thinking it's an illness and it's not it's absolutely not and sometimes I delight in I can't think of anything really off the top of my head but sometimes you'll just be doing something or you'll be having a day out and I'm sure you'll have the same thing where that kind of literal thinking that they have or like the like I say the different processing they'll notice something in a different way that you do mm-hmm. and they'll say something and you're kind of slightly taken aback for a moment of going but yeah I hadn't thought about that and there's another thing it's, it was it always makes me laugh about my son my eldest was that there was one day we were talking about movies and things like that and I'd said something about I don't think you've watched I was like it always makes me cry loads but I don't think you've watched Watership Down and he went why would I be interested in a film about the Titanic (laughs) and it took me (laughs) processing there about 30 seconds of going what and then realized because he didn't know the context of the film I just all he heard was water ship down and his brain just automatically like leaped to oh it must be about the Titanic or something so it was it was like yeah you say you see things on an entirely different level and actually it's generally more fascinating than than anything else the very small challenges I think are massively outweighed I don't think people realize how much you laugh when when you've got children like that in the house oh yeah it's it's hilarious the times when it's not meant to be in fact the times when it's not meant to be are the times when it's funniest and it's it's the way they know how to push your buttons and to to wind you up I mean the only good thing about them is like I don't know what you find with your daughter but they can't lie it's, it's hilarious when they try it is the funniest thing in the world when they try to lie because it always kind of goes around the houses and they never quite get there but at the same time you can see it all over their face like there's no they can mask everything else, but lying is way out of their control. Yeah. So sometimes absolutely. it's just how do you think you're getting away with this? This is But sometimes uh, they just let it slip though, because they're lying they're trying to lie about something completely ridiculous that doesn't really like yeah. Oh, did you eat the last slice of cake? No. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 always about some things that are really, really kind of minor and trivial and stuff. And they're really trying their best and you're just watching and going. And I would just say to them, like, why? I do know I can tell. Like, it's not even just a mother's instinct. Like, a complete stranger could walk in here right now and tell <laughs> from the glint in your eye and the look on your face that you're lying through your teeth. It's just... But then these, they get, like, quite chuffed, you know, quite happy with themselves. Mm-hmm. That's like, I just told a lie, got away with it. It's like, no, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. There's, def- there's definitely more humour humor in it than, than anything else. I mean, my, my youngest is... is He's so dry. His humour is so dry and sarcastic. <laughs> and his his one-liners that he can come out with in the middle of a conversation. I mean, he's terrible for when you just talk. I mean, if he was here and we were talking and there was something he thought was funny or that he could, like, say, he could do a one-liner about, he would just walk straight through the room and just say it and then just keep walking while you're absolutely beside yourself laughing. Um, and he's actually got quite dark at the minute as well, which is really funny as well, because that actually does make you kind of gasp and go, that's awful, I can't believe you've just said that. <laughs> but I, actually, it's quite it's quite sweet at the same time. I sometimes wonder what they're thinking, you know, like, what's their 
when we uh, say something, we're having a conversation and then they come out with these like just random things. You just think like, oh, I wish I wish I could like, you know, live in your brain for five minutes to see what's going on in there. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely the phrase. I've, I've said that repeatedly just, like I said, like sometimes you'll, you'll be out and sometimes it's, it's it often when we're in places like kind of like museums or theme parks or days out and stuff. And they'll just interpret something. They'll just say something out loud and you go, I could just spend, I would love just to be able to be here and spend this time and see all of this, how you're seeing it. It would be, it'd be really, really interesting. I would think I would totally agree with you there. I think it would be a fantastic way to, to deal with it. Yeah, just to see what's, uh, you know, what what goes on in there, you know. it's mm-hmm. To be fair, like, I... I would not change them for the world. And they are no. great kids. Obviously, yet yeah, things are, it can be so hard sometimes. It can be emotionally challenging. I don't know. I would say that 85% of the time, everything's fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Because obviously, we have things in place. You know, we have our routines, mm-hmm. we have things that we can do to avoid them having, uh, you know, a meltdown or having them some kind of distress but then yeah. there are times where you can't just you, you can't you can't help it you know they will mm-hmm. have a tantrum because like i'll give you an example uh, my daughter she doesn't like um to play games where there's winning or losing so mm-hmm. if she loses yeah there's she will going to like meltdown um, yeah but also, she she's actually doing better, you know. She's been playing mm. uh, Mario Kart, and yeah, yeah, she's actually getting better. But if you know, if she comes second place, mm-hmm. she loses her shit. <laughs> yeah, she'll go into like meltdown mode. And says it's alright, you know. Better, you know, better come second or third than come twelfth. And so I try to, yeah. No, because if it was I mean, a stranger, I mean, the stranger would be like, "Oh, she's just, you know, she's having a, just having it to do." When it's not, she's just, you know, upset. I mean, I made, I made sets of cards on lanyards for my son hmm. on different subjects, and one of them was losing games and polite ways of of accepting that you've lost a game instead of flipping out or telling the person that they've cheated. Or any of those kind of kind of things, and it's that also I don't know whether you find this as well. I've had that with with both of them is Christmas and birthdays, and trying to get them not to go. I didn't ask for this. <laughs> we had we had a set of cards for him that just went. These are these are polite things to say. You were allowed to know that in your head, you didn't want this and you didn't ask for this. But actually, people get quite offended <laughs> when they've bought you something. I, I very much over the years have like said to everyone, I was like, don't deviate from the list. Just seriously, you're wasting your money. But, you know, and family, like straight away, are always like, just ask us what he wants. But it is kind of when other people do it. And like, it, it was a long process to just go. You I can't get just it. go, I don't like this. I know that's what you think. But you can't say that out loud. That is not, that's not appropriate. And it's also been teaching them. I love the one where I used to stop my son 
Um, my, my, it's my eldest, my youngest doesn't really do this, but my eldest still say, um, I don't mean to be rude or I don't mean, oh. don't take this personally. I used to stop them and go, right, can I, can I just stop you for a moment? You go, if you're saying I don't mean to be rude, that's your brain already flashing up to you that you're about to say something that the person thinks is rude. So maybe <laughs> that's your point where you need to stop and reconsider. Right? It's like I said, it's that buffering thing. Your brain's just put that little buffer in of kind of going, use that as a key to go, hang on a moment. I just had to warn this person not to take this personally <laughs> is this something that really needs to be said because i think with children on the spectrum they do they are very blunt and oh, they do yes. just come out with what they're thinking so trying to kind of get that coping strategy in of going right i know you weren't didn't mean to, to, to point at that person in the street because they looked strange but you just can't do that because that's seen an entirely different different yeah. way than you think God, it's, uh, could tell you so many stories mm. honestly would could be here the rest of the day <laughs> yeah but i tell you what I, I, yeah it's um i have that couple things where you go but if you want to know whether your bum looks big in that skirt yeah find someone with autism because they will tell you oh god yes <laughs> can you just say be honest and tell me does this look okay they're gonna tell you whether it looks okay <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, talking about bluntness, actually, I always thought that I was just, um, well, when I was a kid, my, uh, my mum used to tell me that I was just rude, you know, that I was being rude. Mm -hmm. But then in my head, it's, yeah. well, I'm not being rude. I'm just saying what they've asked me a question. So I'm just answering said question. Yeah. I never thought it exactly. was being rude, but that's why mm -hmm. like, when my I know the way my daughter my daughter thinks, so I just mm -hmm. be like, right, she's not being rude. She's just telling us like it is, and I think it's I think it's good though because we want to, we want them to keep talking, okay? Because you don't mm -hmm. want them to you know hide behind behind their feelings and stuff. I'd rather even if I find mm -hmm. it, like if she wasn't unhappy with anything, I'd rather her tell me like, mom, you shouted mm -hmm. at me. And I didn't like it. Yeah. Rather than like, mm. oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Like, if I'm a loud mm. person anyway, so when I talk, yeah, when I'm talking, it just seems like I'm shouting, but I'm not shouting. I, I have exactly the same thing. My youngest does the same because he'll go, you're shouting at me. And I'm like, I'm not shouting. I'm perfectly calm. And he shuts down as soon as he thinks that. And we've had the discussion with school, whereas, I mean, like say, I'm loud and I'm constantly shouting and tough. <laughs> they're used to it it's fine but we had to have someone from cams in to tell them that if someone was telling him something he was doing was wrong and not in a he was being naughty way just in something he was doing even if it was in work if he heard something in that kind of tone his brain processes it as shouting and it was trying to get across to them of going right that's i know you know you're not shouting but you've really got to reconsider how you say things because that's how his brain interprets it. And we can't change that because they said that, when it is, it, that is actually part of the, I guess, like you say, it's the processing disorder, the sensory yeah. disorder side of it was that just somewhere in his brain, it clicks and goes, I mean, I'm not to say he doesn't use that at home just to duck out of a conversation, <laughs> but he'll just go, you're shouting, man, <laughs> not shouting, but you just don't want to listen to what I'm saying, which again, it's what we were saying before, you can see when it's, um, don't even, don't even try that, I know exactly what you're, what you're thinking, you understand perfectly what I'm telling you, and you are just acting up, and you just know, we're going to have yeah. a serious you just know. <laughs> 
they don't even have mm-hmm. to tell you. It's just you you know before they tell you. It's you just yeah. know it. Yeah, absolutely. It's mm-hmm. what <laughs> it's what being a, a parent is all about, and everything makes it yeah. extra special, especially when you uh-huh. have to deal with all these issues. Well, issues, mm-hmm. extra quirks. Yeah, everyone has quirks. It's it's just. And I think it, it does help, I don't know about you, but being kind of alternative and having the piercings and, and having the hair and stuff like that, that the kids are just kind of like, they see me as being not normal as far as mums are seen. And, and they'll just, well, you're just like us. Everyone sees you the same way as this. Well, the thing is, with my, with my kids, obviously before, like before they were born, I always had piercings. I always had my hair mm-hmm. different colours. I've always been quite alternative, if that's the right word. Mm. But I guess yeah. my kids are always, um, you know, they are used to it. Mm. Well, my daughter, when she was a baby, actually, no, my son, when he was a baby, used to pull my, you know, pull my nose ring and that hurt a lot. But like, yeah, so they, they are used to me having you know different color hair and all that stuff so yeah my daughter actually finds that quite cool you know with the tattoos and whatever but it's i guess it's just teaching them that everyone is different and if you are happy in your own skin then that's all that matters you know you don't have to Mm -hmm. look like anyone else yeah she asked me if she could dye your hair and i says listen you can't just yet but when you are grown up yeah Mm -hmm. when not at school anymore then you can you know color your hair whatever color you want and i can help you with that Mm -hmm. when you're older yeah so that's that's our that's our agreement <laughs> she wants to die yeah well, we've had the same we've had the same here i mean apart from the fact that schools are restrictively strict yeah. in a way that i think is completely unnecessary at the minute and that's me going off on an entirely different tangent but my daughter um she's waited and that was her thing was when we leave school i want kind of like an undercut on one side of my hair mm. and long on the other and I want it dyed but it's seen as an extreme haircut at school so I can't have it and literally as soon as we got to the point after lockdown because she's 16 so she bless her completely missed the whole leaving school it's traditions serious. and lost her prom and and everything but as Not soon as serious. we knew there was no kind of getting called back in yeah once once our hairdressers reopened, we got in there and now she has um, black hair with um, with all of the undercut dyed red. And nice. I did that for her. And again, it was just like, I mean, everyone says I have, because I have black and red hair fairly, fairly often. Yeah. It's, it's, it's my kind of default setting. I always end up back there at some point. Yeah. But because she looks just like me. So everyone's just like, oh my God, she's more of a mini me of you than she was previously. Oh. But it is, it, like you said, it's given them that freedom to be, you know, everyone's different on different levels anyway. But they knew I stood out in the schoolyard and I was kind of fine with that. And I have social anxiety. So to a certain extent, the fact that people were slightly wary about coming up to talk to me because of tattoos and piercings and mad coloured hair and stuff and not dressing like a mom. But then again, like, what, what, does it, what does a mom dress like? Like, you've got clothes, yeah. you're a mom, then... Yeah, there you go. I think it's I think it's better than it was. I think people do express themselves a lot more. I think the school that my kids used to be at years ago, there was very much a far more fashionable kind of parents in the yard and stuff who were really kind of like 
fairly conservatively dressed and then there was me <laughs> with my chemical romance t-shirt on and just looking like what's it looking like an overgrown emo kid i am still an overgrown emo kid yeah it's funny you should say that because like i'm a massive massive my chem fan okay huge my chemical romance fan i love my you know i love the alternative scene rock and metal all that stuff mm-hmm. but i find yeah. that if i go like drop my kid off at school well i don't have to anymore because my husband mm-hmm. does that but if, when i used to have to go drop her off it was like uh you know i have different color hair and my piercings mm-hmm. and looking <laughs> I don't know, st- looking like a uh, a grown woman trying to look like a teenager sort of thing. Yeah. So that's how I feel comfortable anyway. And I yeah, see same, these- same here, absolutely. Yeah, and then you see all these mums, like, with, mm. I don't know, nice jeans, nice boots, a shirt, looking all smart and whatever to drop their little, you know, their, their little... You, uh, you feel like you're surrounded by grown-ups. That, <laughs> and you know everything is uh, they go back to their you know go get in their car and their BMWs and and then there's me and my you know like yeah, I, think, uh, I think you, you stand there and go where have all these grown-ups come from because <laughs> you I've got a younger sister and, of dresses, and, and everyone thinks that she's she's older than me because she kind of dresses fashionably and has the jeans and the nice tops from next and and all that kind of stuff and they'll go is that your older sister and like no I just still dress like I did 20 years ago 20 30 years ago it's just never it's never changed like slightly conservatively and toned it down a bit when I worked in a school but apart from that it is that kind of I know I've accepted now that I'm just not going to grow up on that level. It's just not, it's not going to happen. Um, but I think it's easier having children like ours as well, just because you do just look at the entire world and go, oh, this can all fuck off. I just can't. Be. We'll all just be who we are. That's it. That's, like, it. that's it. Like, I, I'm not going to get up really stupidly early in the morning and go and, you know, do my hair and try and find my fancy clothes to go drop my kid off at school. <laughs> yeah, right. No. No. No, absolutely not. I'm very much the, I would rather have half an hour extra in bed than, <laughs> yes. than get up. Sleep because both of my sisters, yeah, I'd have got my sisters and those people I used to work with and they'd be like, well, I'm up at half five so I can have a shower and straighten my hair and, and, and do all this stuff and then get ready and then take the kids to school or whatever or go to work and just think, is, is that, I'd rather be in bed. I could not, I'd rather be asleep. <laughs> and, and again, and if I do put makeup on, it's because I feel like putting makeup on. It's not oh, because yeah, I've decided. Yeah, it's for me, not, yeah. not for, for anyone else. Absolutely, it's for me, because I, I feel like it. Some days I just don't, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what yeah. I do. Because I want, yeah. I want my daughter to, to know that it's okay. You don't have to have you know a, a face full of makeup to feel beautiful. I, like today, yeah, I've got makeup on just because I, I fancied putting a little bit of something mm-hmm. on but like, I don't yeah. do my hair I just put it back and mm-hmm. that's it um but even to be fair even when I uh, when I used to work like five years ago um mm-hmm. I would I would start work a half eight and wake up a half seven so mm-hmm. get up have a shower and um mm-hmm. put my clothes on and moisturize my face brush my teeth 
brush my hair. Yeah. Well, I think that's I used to, when I worked in the school, I used to keep my hair long, but it was essentially because I could just get up on a morning, have a shower, comb it back, tie it up. That was it. And then you'd have other people who came in with full foundation, full makeup. And if I turned up and I had even kind of like half a face of like of makeup on, the kids were so used to what I was normally like that they'd come up to me and go, Miss, are you going to a party? <laughs> is, there, oh. <laughs> is there something special going on after school? That's cute. Or if, if I was in full makeup, they'd then go, you'd get the kids going, Oh no, it's photo day, isn't it, Miss? <laughs> oh. Yes, yes. We're all going to go and have our photo taken and I'm going to stand next year's. No, no, no. You see group texts from the teachers just to remind everybody. <laughs> so one person would like suddenly the day before go, don't forget it's photo day tomorrow. <laughs> You're going to have to get up earlier. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, I was just, yeah. I was just wondering, you know, when you were saying before, um, your your son's moved house. You say so mm-hmm. he no longer, he no longer lives with. How did yeah. that? How did that feel like living in the house? It was, it was really, I was really proud. He's been with his girlfriend for a very long time, and we've had, for want of a better word, and to be, <laughs> to be as subtle as I can about it, we had a very volatile relationship for quite a number of of years um we do clash on quite a major major level so there has been times over the last year or two where even my mum who's really really overprotective of him that I have to go just leave him alone he's fine stop doing everything for him and he was terrible for like you say playing up and me going mommy's acting up don't she'd always go oh bless him I'm like no don't fucking bless him like he's, he's being <laughs> a shit don't, don't minimize him He's being an ass. This is um, and um, but they got offered. He hadn't seen her all the way through lockdown, which was awful for them. I felt for them so much. I mean, I'd even said I was like, had I known lockdown was going to happen, if we'd had enough notice and we'd known how long this was all going to go on for, yeah. I would have moved her in. I would have said, just come and come and stay with us, and you can be together because she stayed over all the time anyway. Um, but they managed to. They got offered a council flat. Okay. Um, about six weeks ago, and they've potted off. And while it was very strange, I think it was what we were discussing before. It, it's that being able to let go and go, no, you're ready, independent now. And to a certain extent, like people going, you, you know, and I'm, I'm really, really, I find re- taking any kind of compliment or anything like really, really difficult. Um, I, like most people, but it was that kind of people saying, "Do you realise how hard you've worked to get him here? You know that he can now go and live independently. It is just an independent place. It isn't supported living or supported housing or anything. He's just in a normal tower block, and we get on so much better now. <laughs> we haven't fought since he moved." Um, he messages me he comes around sometimes because I sprained my ankle the other week so he was coming around to help me out with stuff and and telling me to sit down constantly because I, this is probably the most I would sit down in a day right now <laughs> talking <laughs> I'd find something to get up and potter about with but um, yeah he just it, it just felt like a natural move um, and then when I went to visit him in his flat and like would moved all his furniture over I mean that was fairly fraught because I was trying to explain that I'd moved kind of nine times in the last 23 years and I was like seriously packing I know right <laughs> there oh, are lots of yeah, things I may not be on quite a lot as well so yeah I know how that yeah I was, please 
please listen to me on what I'm telling you because this and this I know. But once they moved in and I mean they've made the place so cozy and you see how happy they are with each other. And I keep having to remind myself, like say what I said earlier about, you know, having a Harry Potter book thrown at my head and like you say, like 10 years ago, there was times when I was sat with my back to the front door with my kind of legs um, braced against like sides of the walls while I was holding them, while he was trying to, to lash out and, and just having to repeatedly say, it's okay, I love you, I love you, constantly. And if someone had said to me then, in 10 years time, you will have had a girlfriend for three years and you will have moved out and you will have had a job working as a night porter in a hotel and stuff like that I would have thought it was a pipe dream I would have thought it was something that was never going to happen I honestly would have thought he's never going to leave home this this is something that's going to be like forever um so for 10 years on for him to have had jobs and for him now to be living with his girlfriend and and, and stuff like that is yeah I got a shock because I absolutely broke my heart when he left and again it was that bluntness that we were talking about because he'd be moving out all day and his girlfriend's um, brothers came at the end of the day because they'd hired a van to get all the big stuff out. And they got the last stuff out and he was going to climb in the in the van. And his brothers were saying, you know, it was nice to meet you and all that kind of small talk stuff. And he got on, got in to sit in the middle seat of the front of the transit van. And I just went, uh, excuse me, can I not have a hug? And he just went, I'm not leaving the country, ma'am. And just didn't move. The door was just shut. <laughs> just standing there like oh right okay then this is well this is happening <laughs> but then I shut the door and like I said it had been so busy all day and we'd been setting up for it and we'd been organizing things and practical stuff and then I closed the door and the floodgate just oh, completely no. open and it was that kind of um that kind of primal crying that crying that comes really from inside you that you can't help and ends up in the whole kind of hiccup yeah, and I get it yeah I get it you know, and my, my two other kids were going and that's the thing with my, my youngest he couldn't quite get that I could cry for being sad and being happy at the same time <laughs> because they went oh are you crying because you're happy he's left <laughs> I'm also crying because I'm happy but um but yeah that came was quite a shock to us I wasn't but that was again going back to the um the diagnosis thing it was exactly the same the same then I think you have very um pivotal moments in in their lives where your emotions get the better of you because you're so used to just I think as, as a parent I mean I'd say being a parent is hard full stop but when you're a parent of children with additional needs or autism, you're constantly having to think four steps, five steps ahead. You constantly, whatever you do, you've got to think, right, well, how are they going to react to this? What am I going to put in place to make sure they can deal with what happens here and things like that? So sometimes I think it's quite easy just to have to tuck your emotions away and just constantly just keep putting one foot in front of the other and just preparing for any scenario that happens. So sometimes when something big happens like that, it's a it's a floodgate opening situation. <laughs> where oh, I, I get it. I get yeah. it. But my, you know, my children are young, you know, they are. Mm -hmm. So I always, mm -hmm. You know, I always wonder, like, uh, mm -hmm. is my uh, how's my son gonna cope when he's 
uh, when he's older. We don't when he's twenty three. Mm. You know, it's gonna be yeah. It's gonna be like, is he gonna talk? Mm. Is he not? Um, is he going to just use Makaton or you know sign mm. language for the rest of his life? Or he, I don't know. Will he? Will he improve? Or mm. will he not? It's just like he's so unpredictable. You can't just predict what's gonna happen because it's impossible. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. predict. Obviously, you can wish, you know, you can make a wish and work mm. towards a goal. But then, if you're going to reach that goal, then it's it's something to see and work towards. Um, yeah, yeah. Like uh, just hearing your the story of your son, you know, just hearing his story, mm. like it's giving me that little bit of hope that one day maybe my son will, you know, will move out and live with someone and yeah. aid. Uh, I was going to say normal life, but what I'm going to say is mm. an independent life because what is normal? Yeah. And I think, that's what you, mm-hmm. I think that's what you hope for, but I'm glad, I'm glad that, uh, that, that's, that's given that bit of, bit of hope and things. Cause I like say when my, mine were younger and even with my, my youngest now, I still have that thought. And it is like I say, because my daughter's neurotypical, I am very aware that that thought never crosses my mind with, with her that doesn't occur to us and you realise that your brain does process these things very differently and that that thinking ahead isn't as far ahead for her. Mm. I'm kind of like, we'll leave home and at no point will I go, but will she cope? Will she manage? Will she, you, you know, you'd have that on the normal level of mum's worrying, mm. but you're not thinking through the practicalities quite as much of what progress they're going to have to make, like for yeah. my sons. Um, it's a different mind mindset completely as um as your daughter ever felt sort of like was there any case of jealousy that you know their brothers were getting more attention than her because of their uh, difficulties not really not that i'm kind of aware of i mean the older two have referred to to the younger one as the golden child from time Whoa. to time but I think but I think so I don't think that's uncommon for babies in the family and also there's times when she'll go you do everything for him and I'll go well he does need a little bit more help with stuff I'm like and you know he's he's nearly three years younger than you so I would have helped you more at that age but then I'll go well I tell you what um shall I do more stuff for you then shall I come in and to your room and check on you more often and do all the go, God no, leave me alone. Like, well, <laughs> why are you complaining then? What but no, I mean she's up, but like I say, because it's her normal. She's never she's never known any any different. Mm-hmm. Um we did have issues when she was in when they were both in the same secondary when he started. And obviously, I mean, you know, like move, even moving into a new class. For children like ours is, is a much bigger transition and a much bigger process than it is for neurotypical children mm-hmm. um and we had really stressed with the school that she's not there to deal with his problems she's there to do her own thing mm-hmm. um and there was a few times where i found out they took her out of lessons because he'd been having a meltdown somewhere else mm. and she'd came to calm him down and i had to make that i had to go in and say no she's not his carer in school she is not part of his support team you just have to give her she can't lose her education and her own independence because of this she lives with it anyway Mm -hmm. um 
it's different like there's been lots of times where it's been great where like it's been lunch times and break times where he'd be upset or something and one of our friends would see him and would go you know hey you know your brother's having a a bit a bit of a wobble in mm-hmm. the in the dinner hall and she would go and do it herself and I'm kind of like that's fine you want know, to do it off our own but because it's our little brother and she loves him and she doesn't want him to be upset and 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 very much that big sibling thing where there was once where he'd, he'd said something that someone had kind of pushed him in the hall and she was like who was it I'll get my hands on them <laughs> I'll kill them and I go right can you just not get into trouble we'll talk to the school about it let's not let's not get involved um but yeah I've not noticed any um if anything they get on better than than I would expect because everyone's always told me that boys and girls brothers and sisters or at some point there'll be constant fighting and arguing and it's very tempestuous and when they get older it'll be and they're not I mean she'll still go in he still asks her for a hug at bedtime because he's he's very tactile he's very cuddly and 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 like he's, he's very affectionate so he's he's actually done really well that's the other thing during lockdown is he's got used to doing his own routine and not necessarily having me help him go to bed but part of his thing is i'll get hugs off mom and then he'll ask for hugs off his sister and you think for nearly i mean she's 17 in a couple of weeks time for a big sister to still want to go and give her 14 year old brother hugs and tuck him in to bed before he goes to sleep i think i've got a very special situation that's amazing. There between that is, mm-hmm. yeah. She's an amazing big sister. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Amazing big sister. Like my daughter, she she's very protective, you know, of a little brother because yeah. she knows sometimes she doesn't quite understand, but she mm-hmm. knows why, uh, for example, why we might give, give uh, Logan uh, two biscuits and give her mm-hmm. one and yeah. ask me oh but, but why do i just have the one and as, and then we we say well you uh you had something else that logan doesn't really like to eat so yeah yeah so therefore you had something sweet already but so that you don't go without there's the one and he has two and she mm-hmm. goes that's fair enough but sometimes she's she's like this. Even yeah, he uh, mm-hmm. my son has the habit of eating very quickly, so he yeah. eats very quickly, and especially like you know the sweet stuff. Yeah, yeah, he eats very quickly, and then mm-hmm. she she's like still has um, I don't know two of whatever. Let's say Oreos because that's his favorite, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he'll come to her and just be like looking to see what she's having because he can't really. Um, it would either snatch, but we're trying to teach him not to snatch. But yeah. if she has, yeah, if she has two, she will give him one, despite that he's already had two. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, you're just too good, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, like I said, that's exactly what I feel like when when you go in and say, "Can I have Ali hugs?" And I just go past his room and go, he, "He wants bedtime hugs," and she just goes, "Okay then." And you can hear him. I go in and. I mean, there's been times, um, like we were saying, like quite a while ago about the homework thing, then yeah. you'd be stuck on something and I'll go and knock on her door and go, I have no idea what he's doing. Can you come and have a look? And she'll really <laughs> kind of calmly go, all right, I know what this is. If this is you need to do X, Y, and Z, and then this, and then this. And you can just hear them kind of quietly kind of like chattering or playing on the Xbox together and 
and things like that. I think she's getting more independent now because she started college. So she's not in the same school as him. But I think that's a natural progression between siblings of any kind. I think she's she's stepped out of being a a schoolgirl now and he's still he's still there. But she's still yeah, she's she's fantastic. She's fantastic with him and doesn't feel I always make sure I think it's a communication. I think it's like you say about kind of explaining the biscuits thing. It is it is keeping the lines of communication open and always. always explaining and always answering the questions and not ducking them. Yeah. And saying, you know, yeah, he needs help with this because he can't do that and you're fine with that. You don't need me to help with that. However, if you want me to help you, there. just tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, it's making sure they understand those issues that their that their sibling is having and that's why they're being treated differently. differently. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I agree. And it's just um I think especially with my kids, well, my son to a certain extent, but my daughter is she um especially with the little thinking, we have to say mm-hmm. exactly what we mean. Uh, but also yeah. it's just being honest and open because yes, mm-hmm. okay, she is a child, but it's just being honest and open and not treating her like a little baby, you know, mm-hmm. and the whole, like my, my mom used to do that when I was a kid. Just sort of like, Oh, uh, because I said so. I'm like, well, okay. Why are you saying that? Why do you want me to do this and not the other? Rather than mm-hmm. telling me the exact reason, it's like, well, because I'm the boss or I'm your, I'm your mum. I, 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 I am bad for that one. Exactly what, what it is. It's just because, like, mm-hmm. uh, especially with my daughter, it's if I don't, like, you have to do this. You have to tidy your room, for example. You have to tidy your room just so that when you come, you know, when you come back, it's nice and tidy. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. nice. It feels nice, you know, when you go and everything's in its place. So I have to explain. It's not like just go tidy your room. Why do I have to tidy my room? Because I said so. Mm-hmm. Well, just because you said so doesn't make it okay. <laughs> yeah. Why, why you I think it's... That? Um... It's it's the, the the only thing I find, and I have to warn people who haven't been around children like my boys, is um, explain. Do not get into a debate, right? Because their logic skills are way beyond, and they will tie you in knots, and they will find a way for their reasoning to be the right reason, right? And you will not be able to back out of it. So I would just say to the teachers at school, if you tell him he needs to do something and he knows why he needs to do it, that's it. Do not debate. That's just what he needs to do. Right. You've explained why what. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Because we had an incident where um, I was called into school because with my eldest because he'd actually had an argument with the head teacher in the dinner hall <laughs> in front of the whole school. Right. Um, and I had to say to the head teacher when I went in, because I was like, you know, what happened? And like, so used to going in and apologising and things like that. Or like saying you didn't deal with that right. And what happened was he'd been told something. It was a rule he knew about. It was slightly acting up. But on the other hand, he can then engage that logical lateral thinking 
of his brain at the same time, they can they can use them both. <laughs> they can both use them both in quite an effective fashion when they need to. And I had to say, why did you get into an argument? And she, and she was like, why? And I was like, but you told him what you had to do. At that point, he either needed some form of sanction because he wasn't right. listening. Don't don't engage once he's trying to get out of it. Yeah, you've 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 said what he needs to do. You've said why, or that's a school rule or something. He then starts to to turn it around. So that's why in the house we definitely I I am bad for saying it. I'm the boss. We have a thing because my, my husband left a couple of years ago and it's just me and the kid. And I described it as like, in this house has a benign dictator. <laughs> I am in charge. You will do what I say. I can be nice or not. It's up to you. And obviously now just the just the three of us. But yeah, because I do find with, with both my boys, they will try and engage the, that, that side of themselves to, to get out of a situation because they can, yeah, they can find every loophole. I guess, I guess in that situation, I can understand, you know, I absolutely understand. And Uh um, it makes me take it, you know, take it back a little bit, I think, because Mm -hmm. uh, obviously it's nice to hear from someone else's perspective, because I have said, Mm -hmm. I have said before, like, when, uh, when my daughter's like, she, she gets a bit bossy right and the things yeah. have to be yeah her things can be in a certain, can be done in a certain way i get that mm. but when she's trying to make me do my things a certain way i says well no hang on yeah. <laughs> hold your horses mm. yeah <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> last time i checked <laughs> me mm. and your dad were in charge <laughs> of this yeah. how it's run okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's yeah. trying to uh, you know wear the bigger boots in this house and i'm like yeah yeah i said to her you try, yeah yeah you think you've got bigger boots than me and she goes mm-hmm. well, i don't know my f- boots wouldn't fit mm-hmm. you and your boots would be too big mm-hmm. on me and i'm like that's not what yeah. i mean <laughs> little yeah. again you get caught there don't you <laughs> And I think that's how I prepared the, the, the teachers for when, when my daughter actually started school. Because like I say, she's in the year, she's between the two boys. And my eldest, I think he just left the school when she started in reception. And you have that kind of, when you go in and talk to them and let them know, just on a friendly level before they start. And I just went, just to warn you, I was like, he can, she can win an argument and they just kind of stepped back and I went you're fine she's really well behaved she's good <laughs> I was like but but she's so used to being around the boys that that's where she's at she she can work her way around that but I guess that's what happens when she lives with it she's got it it's on both sides so it's definitely a skill I tell you that oh yeah absolutely and the butts like but this and that and the other well i know but mm-hmm. da, 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 da. it's like but why is that mm-hmm. and i'm like oh yeah. oh and mm-hmm. when i just like sometimes i just can't be bothered I'll tell you that now sometimes yeah i can't be bothered say well okay whatever <laughs> and i walk away yeah. like oh god <laughs> yeah i think that is the situation where you do have to just kind of go because i said so because you just can't you can't go because on this having is the this. the way it is. Just take it, child. Yeah. Go with it. <laughs> yeah. Right. We've been, we've been in this conversation for five minutes now. We've said the bo- same thing repeatedly, round and round. Nobody's changed their standpoint. I'm in charge. This is why it's happening. 
this is it's happening now we're yeah. done that's it it's finished absolutely yeah, totally i tell, you, I tell <laughs> you what it's uh, it's been lovely having this chat and yes lovely getting to know you as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> and a, fe- a fellow uh you know special needs mom <laughs> yeah yeah we have to be made of stone stuff <laughs> oh gosh tell us tell me about it like yeah. probably do soft i think i always i always, I always get described as being um a warrior mum because my 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 um my default setting is i i've got a battle <laughs> and i don't give in i'm, I'm, always, I'm yeah. stubborn so yeah always having that shield up absolutely mm-hmm. um, yeah it's been a pleasure thank you so much for having a chat really enjoyed it yes been lovely to talk to you yeah take care i love to bye Yes, you as well. Bye now. Thank you to Joe for getting involved in this episode with me. It was an absolute pleasure. And thank you for listening and your continued support. So next Friday, we'll have a new episode. I will be chatting to the vocalist of Amongst Liars, Ian. So... Don't miss out, grab a cup of next week. See you then and have a great week.